The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, October 9th, 2023, season 19, episode number 48. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, yeah, this is going to be one of those days when we got to try to make sense of what we all watched last night. Cowboys go to San Francisco and take one. Like They really got it, got destroyed last night. And then uh, San Francisco left no doubt uh, as to who is the better team, at least at this point. They win 42 to 10. Um, and now we get to figure out, like, what does this mean for this Cowboys team going forward? What, if anything, did we learn about this team uh, last night in that debacle? And I'll start first with the big picture look at that. I want to go around the table and tell me what your big picture storyline is coming out of that game for this Cowboys season. Let's start with you, Patrick. Well, first and foremost, Cowboys got their asses kicked. Um I mean, three out of the first four games, they were the, the ones um, bullying. Um, but yesterday in Santa Clara, they absolutely got their ass kicked in every phase of the game. Um, they got out bullied. They got out muscled. They got out physical. They got out coached. They got out executed. Um, pick an adjective and put it after the word out, and that's what happened yesterday. Biggest takeaway for me is that they're, they're not ready. They're not ready yet. Um, and when, when the question is posed, is this Cowboys team in 2023 ready to take the next step and be that contender that gets to the NFC Championship and then to the Super Bowl? Uh, this was the measuring stick. This was the measuring stick. We can enjoy, and we did. We enjoyed the 70-10 to 10 deficit through uh, week two. Um, we enjoyed them bouncing back after the loss to the Jets and handing Bill Belichick the worst loss of his uh, NFL career. But then what do you do? You go out to Santa Clara, and Mike McCarthy suffers the worst point differential loss in his NFL career, 42-10. Uh, to 10, And... It's a game where you were outdone and you had self-inflicted wounds that made it that much worse. So through five weeks, I mean, still a lot of football to be played. But at a certain point, even that phrase gets stale because um, sooner or later, there will not be a lot of football left to be played. You have to turn it on sooner or later, and it needs to be sooner than later. And the crux of it all is you look at the time of possession, and it was just whoppingly in favor of the 49ers. And it's going to bring me back to a singular point, and I'll pass it off to BB, and I know Amber wants to talk about this too. Where the hell is this Texas Coast offense? Where's the explosiveness? Um, love what I saw with the scheming of Cavante Turpin in the slot. You get him on single high coverage against Oliver, the nickelback, and you burn him. Okay, where is that? in the aspect of using Cooks and, and CeeDee Lamb and some of these players. We're still waiting for the explosiveness, still waiting for this offense to come together. You're now five weeks in, and we still have no clue what you're capable of. Where is it? Where is it? You feel good about me talking about this? Go ahead. I'll go last. You go last? Yeah, I, I think Patrick completely nailed uh, everything that needed to be addressed on that. Where I was where I was a little bit lost – Dallas only created seven pressures last night. And the pressures that they were able to get actually resulted in big plays for the 49ers. And that's usually the recipe for at least causing the 49ers some problems from what we observed in the previous uh, four games 
was when you watch Brock Purdy, he'll throw off his back foot. He will, you know, he'll take a sack. He'll throw it away. Uh, you know, he he will do something that doesn't result in a big play. Your pressure started off well. The tip balls uh, that you, you know, you're able to get. The sack that you got from Curse was a big play. And then after that, though, it was downhill. You gave up a play of 38. You gave up a play of 19. You gave up a play of 23. And you gave up a play of 8. You know, so here you are. All these throws that Purdy's making as he's facing pressure uh, ended up being huge plays for the 49ers. They are they're a well-coached team. They they scheme very well. They find ways to get their players in uh, position. But it's really not all about scheme. It's what Patrick's talking about. They physically beat you up, and they beat you up with the. And you know, we we talked a lot about the right side of that offensive line for the 49ers. You know, tip of the cap, helmet stickers, game balls, whatever you want to give them. That crew held up pretty well on that right side. McKivitz and Buford did a great job over there. Uh, you know, they were uh, they they had to double Michael a couple of times. They had a great plan for him. Uh, when you watched him, they even moved him over on the other side uh, to try and get some work against Trent Williams. They were helping Trent Williams over there, so they had a plan for hand how to handle Micah in this football game, but. You know, it's the the huge plays on defense is, uh, you know, I think they were just backbreaking plays. And, you know, a, a great job of the 49ers kind of understanding what your coverage was going to be, how to get the matchups that they were able to, uh, you know, whether the one time I, I thought it was brilliant. They they they, they take check and put him in motion. He's next to Ayuk. But he's got Hooker over the top of him in coverage. Well, they run him in motion, which makes Hooker go across. And then all of a sudden, it's one-on-one on the outside, and now the ball's going Ayuk for a, a big game. So what they do is they affect you with the movement, and then you're one-on-one, and then it's a big play. So uh, tip of the cap to the 49ers for the way they played physically, the way that they uh, the way they, they schemed you. and uh, But, yeah, your, your bread and butter is your ability to play defense and get pressure. And the times you got pressure, you gave up some huge chunk plays. And uh, that, that, was, that was a big problem in that game. Um, I thought by the time you were done, I was going to be able to get my heart rate down. I'm pretty <laughs> trying to contain myself. Say it with your chest. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, okay, hold on. Let me get my, I'm just very trying not to cry. Not because of the game. I'm just very emotional right now with all the heartbreaking, scary stuff that's currently happening in the world right now. And then, okay, you got to sit here and talk about this. And I apologize for (laughs) my emotions right now. Just a lot going on. But failing? Don't apologize for um, failing. Then we got to sit here, talk about this game. And right now, specifically talking about football, I just feel like there is not a whole lot of hope or like things to look forward to. You start the season um, thinking you have all the right tools. And once again, and again, these tears are not because of football. Mm-hmm. So let me, okay, <laughs> I'm not crying because of football. But um, you start the season 
uh, having new hopes again and and thinking you got all the right weapons. And once again, uh, by the all the amount of years I've been here, I'm like every time I've learned my lesson. I'm like I'm not gonna be fooled. I'm not gonna be fooled for fall for it. But heading into the season, this was I really felt that they have all the right tools, the right coaching, the right players, the right talent. Um, you were changing system offensively, and you think, okay, maybe that, that's going to be improvement. You know, maybe Mike McCarthy learned from what Kellen Moore was doing, not doing, what was right, what was wrong, and decided to kind of change things around and operate a different way and implement that for it to be getting better. And it hasn't. The offense hasn't been clicking. Then all of a sudden you have uh, the defense that you were holding on to all this season. And then all of a sudden it's starting to crumble. And a lot of injury related. They've taken a hit there. But there were no signs of anything that was exciting or anything that you think. uh, And you talk about all the pressure. Like that was not present there. So every facet of the game there were so many things so many different things that were lacking and it's hard and i i get that there's a lot of football to play um it's a long season but currently this monday it just feels like how are you going to fix this problem fast enough how are you going to improve on defense when now you're starting to get injuries and crumble. How are you going to fix this offense that just cannot simply click? And we know they have playmakers, but things are just simply not working for them. So it's just, it's tough to see kind of the big picture. It's tough to see the areas where you fell, like even last weekend against the Patriots, where you thought the offense was starting to kind of click and Mm -hmm. get moving. And then all of a sudden, all of that goes away against the team that keeps beating you. This is the third time in a row. Mm -hmm. So it's just like one of those things where you're like, okay, what, what do we currently have to look forward to right now? What's an area of like, you're like, okay, well, we have this. Yeah. Well, we have Micah Parsons. Well, that didn't he didn't show up last night. Or, so well, it's, it's just it's hard to find anything positive at this moment. Yeah, but it, it's what you have to look at is that is a unique football team that you played last night. Mm-hmm. That is a it, it, there's a reason why, and I think a lot of circles people would have them even before the Dallas game would have them as the best team in the National Football League. You could talk about Buffalo and. You know they went across the you know to England and got beat by uh, by Jacksonville, so they're kind of back. You know, last week they have a, they beat the Dolphins, so they're up. And yeah, you know you're going to play some games along the way that yeah are going to be some difficult matchups. We'll see how you know this Charger one plays out. Uh, the injuries are a tough part of this thing. Uh, losing Diggs a few weeks ago, very difficult thing to have to deal with. But I the thing that kind of I know about going and moving on and you try and put it behind you and you try and learn is that that team you played, I don't think I'm going to face another one like that. I, I, I really don't. You know, we'll see what Philadelphia brings. Well, heck, we'll even see what the Chargers bring offensively and scheme-wise. But the way that they, the way their personnel is, the way that they're coached, the way that they, they, they smothered you yesterday. And there's very few teams in the league that can really smother you. And they did a great job of that yesterday. So your hope is that are there are there things you know McCarthy. The thing that bothers me the most, and maybe this is where I, I I'm kind of sad like you in this way, is Mike McCarthy stands up in front of you guys last night in the media, 
and says, I need to be better. You know, I need to be better with the red zone stuff. I need to be call the game. I need to do, you know, and I'm like, okay, but I need you to be better now. I don't need you to every week tell me you need to be better. Right. Sir, you're the primary play caller. You're the one that decided because of your position that you can move on and take the play calling role and then bring in Brian Schottenheimer to help you and then make a bunch of changes offensively. One of the things we talked about at training camp was we were worried about with all the changes in the coaching staff. I know I was. You know, and you're thinking, well, this def- this offense really just isn't clicking like it needs to click. And, you know, is it – I don't recognize that quarterback out there. The quarterback I've seen play here has – maybe maybe I'm okay with living with the interceptions if I know he's going to – if I know he's going to attack and throw the ball eight yards every time he throws the ball. But if he's throwing the ball short on third and five and they're getting three yards, you know, that that's that's the thing that makes me – pause and think, well, this needs to be fixed. And maybe it needs to be fixed in a way I, I, I don't know <laughs> right now. But there's I, I, I know I'm not going to play a defense and an offense that's like that bunch until later on in the year, maybe. Yeah, and, and, and that's what – and you circled it back around in a great way for me and, and to, to segue to the following. That's the problem I have with it. Yeah. It's that you can – we believe they can handle the Philadelphia Eagles even if you split that series. We sure. know they can handle the Giants. We know they can handle the Commanders. You can handle the majority of the, your division to the point where you you could probably stack on some outside wins. And, yeah, I believe this team will get sure. into the playoffs. I, I do believe they're going to get into it the playoffs. It might be tough, though. Yeah. Might be. Absolutely agree, yeah. especially if they keep playing up and down like Exactly, this. yeah. Um, but once you get in the playoffs, let's say you do go on a, a heater. Right, you get hot at the right time. Guess who you're going to likely meet in the no, NFC no, absolutely, that's the problem. The same team yeah, that yeah. Two, that beat you the last three times, yeah. but two out of those three times demoralized yeah. you, yeah. bullied you, humiliated you. That's what's concerning for me. There yeah. is now very clearly a red and gold wall between the Cowboys and any possible shot at a Super Bowl. But but here's the thing, and I I agree with what you guys are saying, but I, I'm in a little bit in a situation where. Um, the best way I can describe it is if you've ever known anybody who's had to deal with infidelity in their marriage. I've known some people like that. And one of the things they always say is it now makes me question everything. Like yeah. I start to think back, like, what did I do? What did I not see? What? What? Who is this person? I thought I knew all those things kind of come up. And that's what's happening to me right now with the Cowboys. I'm looking at them now and I'm saying, I thought going into this game. They were something that this game has made me rethink if I think they're that, right? right. They have beaten some really, really bad teams. Let's be clear. They the have. way the Giants are playing and the yeah. way New England's playing, they may be two of the worst. They may be picking one and two next year mm-hmm. in sure. the draft. Like, they are playing horribly. So yeah. we know the Cowboys beat up on some bad teams, right? They beat the Jets. Jets not a great team. They lost to Arizona mm-hmm. in convincing fashion. It wasn't yeah. a close game. Yeah. Right. And then they get it handed to them in San Francisco. And what I'm left with is... Is this team just not only just not good enough to be San Francisco, but are they really more of an average team or maybe a little bit above average that can really destroy bad teams that can't figure them out early? You get a lead on them and they can just destroy those teams. And when it comes to the average to better teams, they're going to be kind of 50-50. And the best teams in the league, maybe they can't compete in that way. Like That's the part that now I'm, I'm left wrestling with. Because I don't have enough of a sample size to tell me what I thought I saw of this team going back to training camp is what actually exists. Well, and then there was nothing in this game, like literally nothing other than the two touchdowns or like uh, CeeDee Lamb getting in the end zone. And then you got Kavanta Turpin. Turpin. Uh, Sorry. 
getting in there as well. Other than that, there's like nothing else that was promising. You talk about a game that we've been talking about since they lost against them in the playoffs. We've, this has been building up, building up, building up. Week one, the media, every time, every week, it gets brought up, 49ers, 49ers, and then we get here, and you just thought, and I shouldn't say this because I'm not them, I'm not in there, I, I don't know how they feel, but you just thought you would see a lot more fight Fight. in the game and there wasn't that yeah Dak last week you know with Todd Archer's question Mm -hmm. was asked about pissed you know and he was and that was that was his attitude about it and you're absolutely right there was a lot talked about there was even things changes made to the roster you know in getting preparation to try and find a way to to beat San Francisco so that's what makes it even more demoralizing if you're uh you know if you're a you know, a cow, if you're, you know, on that side of the building over there, that the, a lot was put into this game, and um, you know, they, you, and I'm not going to say they weren't ready to play because I think they were ready to play. I just think the team they played, and and I'm I'm not sitting here patting myself, but I picked that team. I picked San Francisco to win when we all went around the room. I just felt like, but I felt like the game was going to be a lot closer. I just some of the things scheme wise gave me pause that can the Cowboys really handle this? And obviously they can't. They, they can't handle what San Francisco does defensively. And they surely can't handle, uh, you know, at least in this matchup, the previous two, they played pretty well yeah. on defense. The defense wasn't the problem. Everybody was kind of hanging their hat on, well, wait a minute, Dan Quinn's got a handle on this Kyle Shanahan offense. But uh, Kyle Shanahan said, no, nah, not today, Dan, not today. And, you know, so that's... That's your problem right there. That uh, that you know what things you we all thought were really not. And to your point, they haven't. You know, have they? You can only play who's on your right, schedule. Absolutely, you can absolutely. only play. So, but you know, you lose to Arizona, and you know, you, you're like, well, that was bad. You know, after you see what Arizona's doing right now. But to, I, I don't think there's any shame to losing to San Francisco because of the type of team they are. But if this kind of spirals into continued bad play. And to Patrick's point, this Texas coast offense that we don't ever see any movement from it. You got to score, like no you, question. And, and, right. and your defense kept you in yeah. the first half no of the still game. In it. No and question. You exhausted your defense, and yeah. yet you're not able to no score. Question. At some point, your defense yeah. can do it and, all for you. And, then, and this is the conversation you have in June in the off season where you say, "Week seven, uh, don't be surprised if Brian Schottenheimer's calling plays." That's the conversation that you start you know, in June. You know, if you start to look at the season and you say, and we do it in the radio all the time, you know, talk you have. Don't be surprised if Brian Schottenheimer's calling plays after the after the Chargers game. If you know that that's the you know something has to be done differently. But also, we talked about this. They changed their entire coaching staff. You know, that was something that we were concerned about. It's not working the way it needs to work right now. Yep, all that's right, a gonna, problem. We're going to take our first break. Break. We're going to come back. And uh, we'll dive into a little more of the details of this game. We'll talk about the offense and the defense and and where things really went wrong. All right, we'll be back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Check out the latest and greatest uh, addition to the tours at AT&T Stadium in the Star in Frisco. Meet Jerry Jones, an interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain and into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones. I'm sure it's interesting right now. With a focus on innovative fan experience in partnership with AT&T, this interactive technology gives tour goers the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions. For more information and to book your tour, visit DallasCowboys.com tours. Welcome back. We're in the second segment of The Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. Ding. All right, here we go. Let's talk about the offense. Uh, yesterday, they had 197 total yards. That's it. 57 on the ground, 140 passing. Um, three of their first four possessions were three and outs. One of the possessions, they had a fumble on first down, which, by the way, if you haven't had a chance to go back and look at that, as you talk about, Brian, the All-22. Great block play, go by the see, way. Yeah. Go see Fred Warner. Yeah. Warner, And it wasn't necessarily when he knocked the ball out. Oh. You got to see what happened earlier in the play yeah. with Tyler Biotish to tell you everything yeah. you need to know. Like, as I, as we were about to go on the air, uh-huh. I mentioned that uh, my guy, uh, uh, Marcus Banger yeah. that I made up on Friday. <laughs> he showed up at this game. I was like, we need in a, the person we need of a Fred banger. Warner. We need a um, Pete pork butt. Pork butt. Yeah, that, we need a, what was uh, Nick's? What was his name? Oh uh, gosh, it was, uh, it was, it was some Bartholomew. Like Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but but no, Fred Warner. He had an impact on that game and on that play particularly. Uh, but that was just one of those six. Of those six first possessions, you're talking about five of them ending within three yeah. pl- three plays, one of them being a turnover. Yeah. Uh, and then they do get a touchdown on one of them. So my question for you guys is, if you had to narrow it down, and I don't know that you can even do this, but if you had to narrow it down to the thing that you think was the biggest problem. On what the was, offense? What was the biggest problem on offense yesterday? I think the fact when I watched that game, and I got up and watched it at 6 this morning again, <laughs> and uh, the thing that bothered me the most 
was I felt like that if they blocked the front, they could get the ball to these receivers down the field. And these receivers didn't get open to save their you-know-whats. It was t- it was tough. Uh, you know, when you look at Ward and, and, and uh, uh, those guys, I mean, that it's – it's it's it was impressive. Lenore, those guys, they did a great job of running with these receivers. The safety play was really good for them. You mentioned the linebackers. You know, there was there was times where Dak just really it felt like he wanted to throw the ball a little bit more down the field, and they just couldn't do it. They just could not get. I think Michael Gallup was. It was a struggle for him to get off the jam. Lamb was, you could tell he was a little bit frustrated by what was going on. But, you know, the one big play that he made was Dak climbing the pocket and then him coming back mm-hmm. to the ball. And you kind of thought, okay, see, those is what I thought they were going to be capable of being able to do. But this, this, this receiving group, it was a rough, rough day. And if you look at the offensive line, Tyler Smith was not very good in this football game. And I think that, that hurt them a little bit. Biotish was it was a struggle. Uh, Steele had a couple of moments, but you know there were there were some times. I just think if I had to point to one thing, it was really about the wide receivers' inability to shake loose in that secondary that had given up some plays. I think it, and you hit both points. I think both points are tied together. The Cowboys' offensive line, uh, first time they played together um, since Moses split the Red Sea, and uh, it kind of showed <laughs> as far as lack of chemistry and some of those combo blocks and things like that. So you know they struggled, like Brian said. Um, Terrence Steele, who has played exceptionally well, um, he. Struggled struggled on a couple of reps and Tyler Smith struggled on a couple of reps and Beata struggled on a couple of reps and I mean when you combine that with lack of separation from your receivers yeah. you know you're in a really bad spot uh, I'm sitting here looking at these uh, separation rates from from yesterday and Jake Ferguson as a receiving target was the only one who had a respectable um, average separation rate he was 4.7 other than that CeeDee Lamb 2.6 Gallup 1.9 um, even Turpin on his big play he still averaged 2.4 I mean they they just were not getting away from these these cornerbacks um and you know I think Jake Ferguson was the cool hand Luke of the group so to speak I mean we saw Dak try to take that shot uh, on the you know over, deep over the middle to uh, schoolmaker and that didn't work out but once he started getting Jake involved here's one target for Jake grab another target for Jake yeah. grab another, tar- another target for Jake grab but then it stopped mm-hmm. like there was there were no more targets right. for Jake Ferguson after he went three for three and he was the only one who was delivering so when you see lack of separation combined with your offensive line struggles and you you actually find a solution the solution being Jake Ferguson and then you get away from that that's concerning. So that it's just a, a, a mosh pit of unwellness that yeah. we saw in Santa Clara yesterday. It's sad when like when Pollard was like your best pass blocker in this mm. game. Mm. I mean, you really he. I mean, he he picked up a couple of times that gave him a shot to at least have a chance to make a play. But you know, it it, it was tough. It was. It, I just. Man, it just felt like that the Cowboys out on the outside could win a little bit more than they were because the the metrics, the numbers, everything, even the tape, tape showed you that the 49ers had had some problems 
underneath with some of their coverages, but they challenged Dallas's receivers, and Dallas's receivers just weren't up to it yesterday. Do you guys know what happened between uh, CD and Dak? I heard about it. I didn't watch it. Where there was like some kind of it just looked like it was just frustration spilling over. Um, basically, we, we're talking about an offense that was struggling last night and could not get things going at all. And you mentioned it earlier, uh, CD Lamb. He, you know, and we're talking about it. Lamb and the other receivers, they just couldn't get the separation. And then when they got the separation, where was the ball going? Was it going to them? Was it not going to them? You look at that that deep play over the middle to Brandon Cooks. Uh, if I know Dak was under duress and he was escaping um, out of the pocket, and that's a very difficult throw. Level of difficulty on the scale of 1 to 10, 11. But we've also seen Dak make that throw. So if that ball gets out a little bit sooner... Uh, or if he throws it more upfield. Oh, more upfield. Yeah. And, and Brandon had it. He had some separation. Yeah, and credit to Fred Warner because, yeah. holy crap, what is this dude made of? <laughs> yeah. How but, is he covering him downfield? Right. Like, that's, that's the But nonetheless, part, yeah. if the ball is, is placed where it needs to be placed, maybe a little bit higher field, Cooks at least has a shot, and yeah. we're talking about a completely different ball game because it steals momentum again in a big way. So it was just it's frustration boiling over and um, when you're C.D. Lamb and, you know, a couple weeks ago you hang almost 150 against the Jets and then you kind of struggle a little bit against the Cardinals. You saw him frustrated against the Cardinals. They bounce back uh, against the Patriots, and then here we go again. So uh, I, think it's, I think it's the offense – the offensive frustration because when you're Lamb and you're Dak and you're Cooks and you're Gallup and you're, you know, Ferguson, you know what this offense can be based off what we saw in training camp. And when we say we're going off of what we saw in training camp, this isn't a bad defense. This is one of the best defenses in the league. So these are the training camp practices. So if you can do it against that defense, then you should be able to do it against the 49ers defense. The fact that you can't is what's concerning, and that's what frustrates well, those guys. When it comes to frustration, and that's natural. We all go through it, especially when you're competing in games and things are not going your way. You're going to get frustrated. But that carrying over, like at what point, and I'm not saying this is the case whatsoever, but we see it happen around the NFL. At what point does your team, your offense, let's say, that group of guys start kind of becoming disconnected and, let's say, not really believing what McCarthy is trying to sell and implement in them because it's simply not working with them. When you go, yeah. when you go from what you had with Kellen Moore mm-hmm. and them being the number one offense in the league, and then now you're consistently having these struggles. And that's well, not me putting everything on McCarthy whatsoever. Because You're just wondering if the buy But his is, offense couldn't beat the, the 49ers pl- either. If you look at, I mean, two games. No, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, but I think the thing, the biggest thing to me about with CD, I think CD is trying to fight for a contract. I think that's something that's weighing on him right now about his situation. You know, the, the lack of some productivity. We mentioned about the Jet. You know, he wants to every week. He's a super competitive guy, but he's also fighting to get a new deal. And I think that's something that, you know, that weighs on a lot of these guys' mind. If I'm not doing, if I'm not having success, why do they, you know, will they move on from me? Will they not pay me? Will they not, you know, all those things. So I, I think there's a culmination of the offensive frustration, player frustration, because he's seeing like, I've got to perform in order to, to, you know, get my contract taken care of. That's that's difficult. That's tough to go through if, uh, for a player. But I mean, in the game, are you thinking that way though? Well, I, I think he's thinking like, if I don't, if I I want to do well, I want to show these. I want to sh- I want to help us win. But by helping us win, I feel like I'm going to get taken compensated for that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. I I think that I think that's something that's 
a little bit of a you know from from hearing from talking to people, CD CD really liked Kellen Moore. He really liked Kellen Moore. He liked the offense. He liked that style of offense. And so it's a transition. It's a change for a lot of these guys. It's just not been real smooth right now. It just hasn't. Going back to your your question, Amber, I, I do think, and Dak talked about it last night, this is a critical time for this team because after you suffer a loss like that, if you don't have the right kind of culture, it's easy to start seeing fractures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could start seeing fractures between the quarterback and the receivers. You could start seeing fractures between the defense and the, the offense. offense. There are a number of, of different ways where you can start seeing uh, the team start to fracture because people start pointing fingers, mm-hmm. right? And and that's where Dak was like, you know, this is a moment when we have to rely on our culture, on our locker room, on the guys in that locker room, and stay tight because not only do they have last night to look at, but now everybody around the country is looking at them saying, yeah, they ain't as good. Yeah, we knew they wasn't as good, mm-hmm. right? It, and they've got to deal with that all the way through the season. No matter what happens, everybody's still going to point back to, to but San game. Francisco, yep. right? Yeah. And so and so to answer your point, yes, this is a moment when there definitely can be fractures. And you have to worry about how does this team respond to this? Because if you don't stay tight, if they don't stay tight— this thing can get off the rails really quickly. Yeah, you know, you got fifty-three well, men in that in yeah. that locker room. It can get off the rails really quickly if they don't stay tight. They have some yeah. incredible record though, and it was it nine and one, ten and one. Yeah, after ten and one loss, after this last one. Yeah, after a loss. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're thinking of that, if you want to hang your hat on something, some hopium. Then that's something that you know. That's we're back what, to hopium. This year. Yeah, we're back to hopium. You know, we bring it out every year. If you want yeah. hopium? That that's you know McCarthy will you know they find a way to rally. They find a way to, but they're going to have to. They're going to have to play. They're going to have to play better. But I think a lot of it has to do with the with the problems they had yesterday. Was a lot on that team that they played. Yeah, that team is that's no fun. That I, I bet you, if I go back, I bet you we go back and add up games after you play that team. How many times do you think the teams lost after they played the 49ers? Mm-hmm. The Steelers used to be that way. You played the Steelers the next week, you were guaranteed to lose. They took that much out of you. Mm-hmm. This team, this team out there, they tackle. They're physical. They play with finesse when they have to. They scheme guys open. The quarterback is is relentless in the way he reads and finds guys. All his touchdown passes were outside the pocket. All of them. Boop, just move, move, move around. Boop, find a guy here, fine. But you just see that, that that's a hard team to defend, and it's an even harder team when it comes to with that front, the way they play. But their, their secondary really, I think, won that game for them yesterday. By the way, they covered, and we hadn't seen that. We we've seen their front play mm-hmm. great. We haven't seen their secondary cover right. like that. I'm sure they're sick, thinking the same thing right now, watching that tape. We're gonna take our final break. When we come back, I did want to ask you, Brian. I know you were able to watch the yeah. tape. I wanted to ask particularly about that first touchdown that San Francisco scored yeah. and what you saw on that play. We'll be back. We'll talk a little bit more about the defense. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the Playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboy VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. All right. How about this? Dallas Cowboys game time powered by Lenovo. Lenovo, yeah, the official gaming platform and community of the Dallas Cowboys. Sign up now. Compete in Madden 20 Mad Madam Madden 24 for a chance. <laughs> a whole different game. Win. Yeah, way different game. Two tickets and a VIP experience to the 2023 Dallas Cowboys home game. Qualifiers uh, begin on October 6th and run through the 13th. Learn more and register at DallasCowboysGameTime.com. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I will say this. I woke up this morning after only a couple hours of sleep, and I felt horrible, as you typically do yeah. after a game like that when you've been traveling and have no sleep. Especially you, losing in all facets, oh, just like the cow. You really had to bring it up. You really had to bring it up. But, I feel but, bad. But one thing I have noticed is low blow. talking about it helps. Like Sitting here having this conversation with y'all, I actually feel a little bit better. So I'm hoping for those people out there that are listening. Yeah, for those people that are out there listening, I'm hoping they're getting Hope the you. same thing, right? I hope as they're listening to the show, not, not that they feel better about the team, yeah. but just actually just going through it I and just, talking it out. Just makes you feel a little Shedding bit a few less. Tears. Yeah, right. Helps. <laughs> Helps you feel a little bit better. Maybe, maybe the Eagles, maybe the Lions. I don't know who else you're going to play that has an offense like that. Oh, let you me know. tell you this: December. Yeah. If we don't know enough about this team. We'll find out in December because you got. Miami, listen to this murder zone. Yeah. You got Seattle at home. Yeah. You got Philly at home. Yeah. Then you go to Buffalo. Then you go to Miami. Yeah. Then you get. Uh, um, I'm sorry, Detroit. Detroit at home. Yeah. And sandwiched between all that, you got. The Washington Commanders on the front end and on the back end, which they're not a good team, but they always play Dallas. They tough. Defensively, so, they do. So yeah. you look at that like November through December, oh, January yeah. time frame. Yeah. That is not opium you're no. talking about here. <laughs> that's, why so like, that's why I was so worried. It's like, Merry man, I thought the Christmas. beginning of the seasons when they had to really put yeah. some stuff together because that's going to be tough. Even if they would have been the team I expected them to be, that was going they're to be tough. But you lose that game in Arizona. That's a big one. Yeah. You needed to win that game. Yeah, and now you've got San Diego coming up. Not San Diego. L.A. Yeah. Chargers coming up. And this becomes a very, very important game for you. So there's, there's a lot more football to be played. 
but man, it 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 certainly is something that that change. You've changed your outlook right now based upon what you saw last. Which night. you certainly can't do now. I mean, like like Brian said, this is one of those games where kind of like the Pittsburgh of yesteryear. I mean, you get brutalized, and I mean, look at yeah. the way the injuries are racking up yesterday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you were getting brutalized, but you better find a way to pull it together yeah. um, because you don't want to drop two straight going into the bye week and have to sit on that for oh, two gosh. weeks. That you just you just don't. So play color change. Out. Be ready. Figure it out. Figure it out. You calling it now? I said it in June. <laughs> oh god. I said in June. I said you know you always do crazy predictions. I said week seven. Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah. I said week, week seven. seven. My my crazy prediction. Nick, you know Nick always loves crazy predictions. Nick Eatman. Yeah, give me your crazy prediction. You know we used to do that all the time, and um, that was my crazy prediction yeah. that uh, Brian Schottner would be calling plays in week seven. I, I mentioned before we went to break, I wanted to talk specifically about that first touchdown. I got you I do covered. think it was emblematic of what happened throughout the game as far as just ways that it seemed like San Francisco was able to confuse the Dallas defense and make big plays out of it. Brian, what did you see in that 19-yard touchdown to Kittle? Yeah, that's the one that's uh, – and we were talking about it during the break. It it, it really was interesting because th- the secondary, I thought, was in good shape across the board. They really were. Everybody was – plastered on their guys and but what happens is when Kittle goes up the field it freezes Hooker and he's kind of like is he going to break outside to his right or is he going to break inside and it just it paused him enough that when he broke to the inside he really couldn't adjust fast enough to get that over to him but Hooker might have thought Bell was playing. And then again, here's an inexperienced guy playing, and that's not an excuse, but here he is in a, in a situation where he's playing as a drop linebacker, basically, mm-hmm. and he's and he's trying to get depth, and he's looking for a crosser to his right. and But Kittle hadn't crossed yet, and so he's still kind of dropping, and then he stops, and he looks back, and there's Kittle now crossing, and now it's too late. He's behind him. So yeah. he's in behind. So now you have... And it's a great job by you know by Purdy to find Kittle. It was a great route. The, the the routes, all the routes that Kittle scored on were actually pretty cool routes. He he's a really kind of a loose runner, mm-hmm. and so when his ability to nod and it kind of gets you to overplay, and then he goes back inside. He did that to uh, to Donovan Wilson on the touchdown. Kind of nodded Wilson, and then he got him back inside. But yeah, it it, it was everybody was in good shape. It's just the quarterback found the one guy. Where the Cowboys were really struggling to try and try and uh, take care of that. Yeah, it just it seemed to me like it was a little bit. I don't know. I, I question what the assignments were because it looked like everybody. Like you said it looked like everybody was in man coverage except yeah. for whoever would have been on Kittle. Kittle. Right. And if it was Hooker, then my thought is like, why is Hooker twenty yards off of him? Like uh-huh. he's almost in the end zone, and you know, in the red zone, that Kittle is an issue. Like. I would have just thought they would have had a little they wouldn't have given him as much free range to run right. if you're going to man him up on that safety but however it came out it certainly that that was seemed to be the the yeah. theme of the night is they always found that one guy mm-hmm. that they found a way to get him open and to get him open in a situation where he could not only be open but be open and catch the ball and be running <laughs> and keep yeah. running after he makes the catch. And they were able to do quite a few big plays. And like we talked about it uh, last week, you yeah. brought up the whole how many big plays uh, the Cowboys Ayuk. give up yeah. versus how many big yeah. plays the 49ers make. And yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. The whole night could be described if you watched the 49ers last touchdown, the toss sweep. 
to to Jordan Mason. Yeah. And that kind of symbolizes everything that went wrong in 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 the, in the night. And because it's you get everybody got blocked. I mean, it, it's the motion block. They they got uh, they got uh, 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 Micah hooked. They kicked out. That Wilson got kicked out in the play. They get a guy up on Van Der Esch. They you know they get Trent Williams up on Van Der Esch. You know uh, Buford cuts off Clark. And you know, and then you know, Noah gets pushed wide. I mean, it just everything that could have gone wrong. I mean, a, if you talk about a perfectly blocked play, mm-hmm. like every like if you were to draw it up and say, okay, this is the way we want to run it. That that play right there. If you said, hey, what, what happened in the San Francisco Dallas game? Show them that one play, and everybody would go, oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. because it was it was it was it was well designed. It was well executed. It was well blocked. It was terrible on the Dallas side. The angles that the safeties took, how wide people got kicked out. Your best player got hooked. Your linebacker gets cut off from the inside. Everything about that play was how your night went. That it just it's it, you'll, you'll see it and you'll go oh. Okay, I know what he's talking about. Now. Shanahan just it, it was a, a master class of of how to get how to scheme your playmakers open. Uh, you talk about the first George Kittle touchdown. Talk about the, the one known first down, the yeah. trick play, right? So they come out. It's first and 10. It's a single back formation with CMC in the backfield. And, of course, you're looking at CMC. And, and if you're the defense, you're also looking at Debo Samuel right there to the left. Um, and then they motion George Kittle over. And it looks like he's going to be chip help. So he feigns the block. Just well enough, to his credit, just well enough to make them bite on that. So what, ha- what happens on the they snap? They do a lot of motion. Yeah, I'm like, you, you exactly. stop it. And what happens on the snap? So but, they, but they're getting all their pre-snap yeah. reads. Like they're, yeah. they're putting themselves in a position. How many times yesterday did you see them get McCaffrey isolated with LVE? Yeah. Like Because they, when they go in motion, they're trying to see how you're going to adapt to that. And based on that, they're going to run the play that suits them and gives them or the Or they're going to come back success. to a play, that, yeah. that, a play, a next play, or three it's plays from now. Yeah, yeah you that offense. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, this. Uh, you look at this play over and over again, and I mean, roses to shout to Shanahan for this because this was just nasty. It was nasty because you're worried about CMC in this first first and ten. You're thinking, okay, they got they're up 13-0. They're going to go ahead and do what they got to do here, hand it off maybe. But then it's like, oh crap, here's Debo on the snap. He goes in, so eyes on Debo. Uh, George Kittle feigns the block and then he releases out. Now, if you're Jordan Lewis, you're like, crap. Because now George Kittle is blowing past you now as you had your eyes. So by the time you adjust with his speed, if you're even, I'm leaving. And that was it. So that was it. And, you know, flip it back to Purdy. And what does Purdy do? Deep ball down the right-hand side. And that was one of those big things that that was demoralizing. It's unfortunate on that play, too, because Osa wins on the play. Mm. Osa wins on the block. But he he hesitates. He hesitates. And then he's trying to kind of find the ball. And he realizes that Purdy's now got it. And that little hesitation allowed Purdy just enough time to get it down the field for the touchdown. Yep. Yep. That's a wrap for us. Uh, we didn't even get to our player evaluations. We'll bring that back tomorrow. we got to still talk about guys like Dak and Cooks yeah. and what's happening with this defense. Where was Micah yesterday? we got a lot to hit up. We'll do that tomorrow. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!